We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social, bringing you the joy, humanity and heartbreak of sport this week. Hi Liv. Hi Georgie, how are you? I'm good. How was Jill in the pool? It was actually really great. I didn't know what to expect because the last time I competed in a duel in the pool was 2007, so 15 years ago. God, we're old. I'm pretty sure the – oh, no, sorry. That's incorrect. The last time that we raced America was 2007. We did 2009 against Japan. Again, this like <laughs> how you retain this information a very long time and also ago. Why? <laughs> Hang on, before you go into that, mm. we need to give someone a call. Julia Robinson from the Brisbane Broncos, because last week was quite a big week in terms of her social media mm. and what she was telling everybody was going on. So she got quite a lot of trolling from jerks. Yeah. I mean, I want to say a more substantial word. word. There are better words to describe. There are much better words like to describe that. people like that, but Not um here. no, we we'll keep it as PG as we can or G, G-rated, whatever. Yeah, so she got uh some trolling, which is just so unfortunate. I it find was, this really bizarre that this is still a thing in 2022, but we should tell we should say what she was trolled for and that yeah. was for being muscly. Yeah, how, how dare, offensive. How dare she be muscly? And uh, as an athlete, oh, how unexpected. Un- unexpected, like how could a Brisbane Bronco NRL player be muscular? It's very offensive to one's eyes, obviously. Quite ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, we really wanted to get her on the show to just talk to her about what's been going on, what the reaction has been and how she thinks NRLW is going to help move this conversation forward. Hello, Julia speaking. Hi, Julia. It's Libby and Georgie from The Sports Social. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? We're so excited to chat to you because last week was pretty massive for you in terms of like social media and being body shamed in just the most ridiculous way in 2022 about being a muscly athlete, like how dare you. But what I wanted to talk to you about was just how beautifully you handled that conversation because I think for me as a particularly as a mother of of three young girls the way that you were able to kind of draw the attention away from you know just it being about you and other little girls maybe seeing those comments and maybe being deterred from participating in sports it you just handled it with such grace and I just want to know how you're feeling after after everything that's kind of transpired over the last week yeah no as you said it's been a crazy week and I honestly did not expect how much support I got from it. Like I honestly, when I posted my my story on Instagram, oh yeah, as I said, I was not expecting so many people to get on board and support it. My attention when I did post my story was not to, um, I guess, get like sympathy or anything like that from like, obviously the comments. Like the comments were definitely like hurtful. But I know not to take the comments to heart because I know that I don't know those people. I don't want them to. Like, they have no, I guess, effect into my life. But the reason why I posted what I posted was because exactly what you said for like young girls or anyone, they shouldn't be scared or ashamed about 
go to the gym or try and get strong because as I said what in in my post, it just shows hard work and dedication and you want to try and be the best athlete you, you can and that involves like being strong and you can embrace those muscles if you have them. As someone who has always wanted to have muscles, um, I'm just in awe of how strong and capable you are as a player. Was it surprising to you that these trolls still existed? That Was it surprising that this was even something that you were coming up to four years into your NRLW career? Um, a little bit. Like, to be honest, I have had like comments before, but as I said, I don't like the comments affect me, but what really triggered me to finally post something is obviously I follow a lot of like fit, healthy people on my Instagram too. And there's a few posts they, they did about saying they're insecure about their muscles, about like, oh, they've, they've got big quads or their shoulders are quite broad. I was just like, I was, just, I was like thinking to myself, why do you have to be insecure about that? Like you're so strong and like beautiful. Like why is that? And insecurity, like, is it because of the whole image that females should be like? And I don't think that that should be something that should exist. Like, there's no certain body shape anyone should be like. Yeah, because I I saw your post actually through the Female Athlete Project's podcast social media. And... It triggered me, <laughs> actually in a really surprising way because I yeah. I haven't grown up with social media like as an athlete, but I remember being 15 years old and being called a, a butch, B-I-T-C-H, by a yeah. stupid boy <laughs> at school. And it's just like, for one, why haven't we progressed? Like why haven't we moved on from like this conventional idea of what beauty or femininity or – what women should look like. Like why can't we be strong and muscular and still beautiful and feminine and all of those things. But like it must be harder to have to deal with that on the amplified platform of social media. Do you do you feel like it you you take it to heart or are you able to kind of put that away? I mean, it didn't impact your performance this weekend. I mean, I know the Broncos lost, but you scored two tries. So, you know, you must have felt confident and comfortable enough to to go out there and perform this weekend. Yeah, like, I guess becoming more of a professional athlete, we just have to be prepared. Obviously, social media is a huge part of being like an athlete. And we always get big talks about the style of our competition about media and everything if we have any problem with um, if anyone obviously comments or messages you or anything like that to what the process is but I don't really usually take comments to heart but obviously it still affects me because no one likes to hear nasty comments about yourself so it did it did hurt a little bit. Julia do you think it's been empowering to be in a all-female rugby league team and to surround yourself with women who are equally fit and athletic and taking pride in getting stronger to achieve an outcome? Do you think that's given you some voice and some validation? Oh, definitely. Like, um, obviously being a rugby league, I always start in 2018. And the difference from, like, from 2018 to now, the athletes are coming through is incredible. The strength, agility, it's just the talent is just getting better and better each year. And 
And that comes from training hard, eating well, just trying to be the best athlete they can be. And it's very inspiring. Like I'm inspired by so many of the other girls in the team. Like our game is just growing by the day. You have absolutely handled yourself with such incredible grace this week and I know for a fact that I'm I'm so lucky that my girls and my nieces and nephews have role models like you as an athlete to look up to so thank you for everything that you did in the last week and you know continue to grow as as an incredible athlete that you are and good luck for the rest of the season we'll be backing the Broncos yeah thank you so much I really appreciate your support too no, absolutely our pleasure. We, we just think you're amazing, so thank you. Such a great athlete and such a great advocate. Thank you. See you later. I really admire Julia. She is such a role model in so many different ways and the quicker I think society can come to terms that women's bodies come in different shapes and sizes. It really surprised me that this was a shock, mm. that someone looked at this and went, no. Well, I mean, they're all keyboard warriors right like I, know. I don't know that many people would actually do that in real life but also it again it just perpetuates that ideal beauty standard that women just will never live up to because you know it's like one you can only be beautiful in one way and it's like no you can be beautiful if you're muscly chubby tall short thin whatever it's interesting because this is only a conversation that female athletes are having to have. Exactly right. I, I can't imagine, like, never has anyone ever sat there and said about a male footballer or cricket player, gee, he's a bit muscly. No, exactly. Or, I mean, maybe it's happened if they're a bit chubby. I don't know. Well, like, even the cricketers, like, most of them were kind of paunchy, especially in the 80s and the 90s. 80s. It was the 80s. It was a different yeah. time. It was a different time. But these women... They're breaking new ground in that they've got their, you know, they're four years into the NRLW or they're five years into the AFLW, I think. Mm. And so they're already out there changing how sport looks in this country. And then on top of that, they've got these people going, oh, you're you're very muscly. But like on top of that, like every athlete from every different sport looks different. Oh, and like, like, you know, I can really speak to swimming. Like the size and differences in shapes of swimmers is remarkable. Like I was a head and a head and something to- uh, shorter than like the Campbell sisters. Yeah, you were. And you are. Yeah, you continue <laughs> I, I, still, to be. I, I continue to be. <laughs> she has not grown. <laughs> I have not grown. They may have grown. They're so Possible. tall. Um, so like, it just it doesn't matter. Like if these no. athletes are you know, competing at the highest level in whatever their chosen sport is, like can we not just applaud that and admire them for mm. what they're doing? As a javelin thrower at high school <laughs> and a softball player. And a softball player. I had a very overdeveloped right arm. Which Did I you? Was, yeah. Because, Were you like Raphael Nadal? I mean, no. No. I, <laughs> thank you I, for drawing like, that comparison. You like Rafa. I was pretty close. No. But I was always so conscious that I had this ripped right arm and my left arm was fine, neither here nor there. But isn't it silly that that was even something that you thought of? I thought about mm. because I, I'm pretty sure none of my male counterparts would have been worried. I don't think Rafa is. Rafa, well, he hasn't called me to tell me. But. <laughs> but this is the thing, like I just don't want little girls to feel that way and I feel like with the 
with social media as it is and how we amplify those trolls and those trolls get a platform to which to say terrible things to women, this makes me sad because I'm like, you know, I have swimmer's shoulders. I will always have swimmer's shoulders. That is just how my body is They're made. They're great shoulders. They're great shoulders. and They're they ca- great for piggybacks. Great for piggybacks. Lifting great for couches. Throwing children. Doing lots of different things. Like not throwing, like throwing them in a playful way, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Safe play. <laughs> Safe play. Um, but uh, like let's just embrace the fact that people look different and that's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Julia, for bringing it up to the surface and getting us to talk about it. Straight up legend. What else has happened this weekend, Georgie? The Tahitian Pro, so that's at Chopu. Mm. Bit of big news there because that's the first time in 16 years that the female surfers on the tour have been allowed to surf that break. I'm sorry, what? So back when Lane Beachley was surfing, that was an event for the women and then it got taken off because there were too many injuries happening. It's on a really... Oh, that's the reef one, isn't yeah, it? to use a surfing term, it's on a gnarly reef. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like our ski and surf correspondent. Shredding gnar one week and then gnarly waves the next. <laughs> I only wish I could surf like a surfer. That would be great. Um, that's on the to-do list. But it's a pretty – it's a big break and it's a heavy wave mm. and the men have only ever been allowed to surf that break for 16 years. And so this was the first – this was like a big thing on the tour that the women – would be allowed to surf this break and they did surf it but they got put on a day where it was only three or four foot. Oh. So some of the some of the haters are out there saying that once again it hasn't been a great opportunity for women's sport to actually compete on the same wave as the men because it, the day they surfed it was a small break. Mm. But I guess positively they were out there Will they get a chance to do it next year? Yeah. Like they just they've just added it's it. On, it's on the tour now. Oh, that's yeah. not nothing, I guess. No, I think it's it's progress. It's slow progress, mm. but at least it's progress. Well, speaking of inclusivity, the jewel in the pool was remarkable for that fact because yes. for the first time ever, the jewel in the pool format actually included para swimmers. Yeah, so in the I program. thought Ellie Cole had retired already, but it turns out this was her last. This was her last event. Yeah, correct. So she kind of held off her retirement until so this weekend awful. to, I know, bless her heart. She's amazing. But to swim in front of her home crowd. and Did you get to talk to her about what that was like to actually compete in a multi-ability event? Yeah. So it was really interesting because not only did the para-athletes have their own events, but there was actually a mixed relay with para and able-bodied athletes. And it's world first, never been done before. Isn't that, I mean, also surpri- like surprising that this is, again, a new thing. Well, I mean, back in 2007 when I last, well, not the last time, but the last time I raced against America, that was the very first time that they ever had mixed gender relays. That's a good point. Yeah. So Actually, we've come a long way. And then now that's an Olympic event is the mixed gender relays. So Is it? Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know that we'll ever see a combined Olympic Paralympic event. Like that would be pretty unbelievable. But mm. um the fact that there was this opportunity to have these incredible athletes from able bodied and Paralympic sport. Um yeah, it was really beautiful. It was really magic to see and they absolutely loved it. Mackenzie Cohen from America was just a delight to talk to. She 
is a, a stalwart, an absolute leader on, on the Paralympic what US team. What did she swim? Uh, she was swimming, uh, well, I think she swam butterfly and freestyle, but they changed it up a little bit. There was like a a skins event for the para-athletes, which was. What is a skins event? So a, a skins event means that you're swimming 350s. And right. so if you're in the bottom two, you drop out. So the last two standing swim three 350s. So you start off with a. Like six. A six and then yeah. you drop. Drop to four and then they drop to two. Cool. Um, and, yeah, she, I mean, she was just absolutely just a delight, like full of personality and, yeah, a real ambassador for, for Parasport. And, you know, obviously Ellie Cole and then actually Matt Levy, who was also retiring. It was his last um, meet. What stroke does Matt Levy swim? He, he's a breaststroker primarily. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he's been on the Australian Paralympic team for many, many years. He was a Sydney boy. Yeah, it's a – Favourite poolside interview? Ooh. I've actually – Matt Levy was probably right up there because I got to chat to him about his retirement and that the fact that it was his last kind of meet in front of a home crowd and the entire crowd erupted with applause. Oh, and there was like three and so a half cool. thousand people. Like it's the biggest event I've seen for okay. swimming – in so long, which was, yeah, really beautiful to see. I mean, Australia lost, which I was pretty bummed I about. I noticed you sort of glossed over that part. Yeah, we lost. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> not competitive at all. <laughs> Even as a retired athlete, I'm competitive. But, yeah, we, we, got, we got beaten. I thought we'd had a good shot this year, but hopefully next year or whenever. It, yeah, they, so is it a, every two years, every four years? What cycle is it on? Don't know. They haven't done it for 15 years, so... That's quite a break. Yeah. So hopefully I, I really liked the program. I think people responded well to it. I feel like they can break, uh, like cut it down a bit. I reckon mm. two hours is enough. Three hours was too long. Was it three hours for two nights? Both nights. That's a lot. And that's a lot of they started at seven both nights, which like for kids, that's too late. Mm. It's too late. Bring it, so make it earlier. Make, make it, it shorter. Five or 6 p.m. start, two hours max. It'd be magic. In out, done. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. There's also been... A lot of sport. There's been drama. Yes. I know you've been all poolside. I know. But. Tell me. The AFL has blown up this week. And, and and at no point here are we going to pretend that we know much about AFL. I know nothing. We, <laughs> Although we need I, to find a correspondent. I, I caught it. I caught the. You caught, you I caught, caught the news highlights. Oh, I thought you were going to say you caught an <laughs> AFL ball once. No, I don't think I've even done that. <laughs> We're, we're not qualified, but it's been interesting to listen to the news about Essendon mm. and what's going on with their coaching situation. So earlier in the week, they had a change of chairman and then all of a sudden it became clear that they were going to turf their existing coach. Mid-season? Yes, mid-contract. Mid so he's still got another year of his contract. And so they went looking. They tried to get Alistair Clarkson, who ended up going to North Melbourne. Um, and so they made a last-minute bid. That had been going on for weeks. They made a last-minute bid and then they dumped uh, the coach on Saturday, on Sunday oh, after a geez. board meeting. Yeah, and it's just – I thought about it from if I was in an organisation and I had an employee and how you would handle it. And it just – it's just been handled so poorly. Mm. This has ha- happened out in the, out in the public – all to see and this poor guy who 
has just been put through the ringer this week and wondered whether he would have a job, mm. has then got through a game on Saturday night and then lost it on Sunday afternoon. I mean, that seems like a terrible way to manage the situation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know much about what what's going on at Essendon. They had the the scandal a few years ago around the supplements. Oh, that was them. Yeah. yeah. So whether there's some fallout from that or just deeper cultural issues about how you run an organization. Look, it doesn't sound great. I wouldn't want to work there. Mm-mm. I would it like just my heart goes out to that coach because that's an awful experience to go through. Well, what if he contributed to it? That was, well, was that the I don't know what the chatter is. I'm just being devil's advocate. No, in te- like I'm sure performance aside, your performance may be your performance will be whatever it is. Mm. But as an employee, you can expect to be treated a certain way, even if you're being let go of. Mm. There's just a certain amount of respect you need to give an employee because they're still people. Yeah, and it's if true. We, we talk about the mental health of players. Mm. all the time and I think you also in these big organisations or in any organisation need to look at the mental health of your coaches. Oh, without a doubt. I mean... And your support staff. Yeah. I mean, just recently, obviously, with the passing of Paul Green. Exactly. Is just... And we don't know what the circumstances were there and we don't know what the situation is. But Um, he was between jobs. Yeah, and it's got to be hard when you're in the public eye, you're in a high-profile job Mm. um, and there's a lot at stake... And then to be let go and to be let go in such public circumstances is pretty brutal. Mm. And I would really hope that he's being given the right support. Yeah. Or the support he is entitled to at this point. Mm. Yeah, because as you said, there is a lot of focus on the athletes and, you know, getting contracts, moving teams, all of that, that sort of thing. And we don't really talk about the mental welfare of coaches no and it needs to be across the board absolutely the other there was also a very big match I mean there was a there were a couple of matches up here in Brisbane that were we, we just shouldn't ever talk about them because they were terrible the <laughs> Broncos were, did not do well this the, week the storm did amazingly the, the storm, storm did excellent well done and Melbourne well storm. done to the Melbourne Demons who absolutely belted the Lions yes that was a what was that game who played Collingwood versus Carlton Carlton that was sounded like a cracker of a match so that was very tight and it went to Collingwood in the last one minute and 47 seconds of the game wow by one point and Carlton had been in the top eight all season wow so they had had great form up until that game and then they lost they lost. <laughs> How would you be? <laughs> that's rough. Sport is so cruel. Yeah, but that's the fun of it, isn't I know. it? That's the joy. I know. Imagine being a Carlton Joy, humanity and heartbreak, Georgie. <laughs> Imagine being a Carlton supporter today. You'd be <laughs> devastated. Collingwood, on the other hand. Stoked. Very excited. Mm. They've done they've had a great uh, performance on the weekend. Yeah, they did. Jess Fox has been doing really well. Ah, did you read about that? I did. Yes. Yes. She's so been... while the Commonwealth Games were all happening, mm. she was out there winning lots of canoeing gold. But that's just what champs. she does, doesn't she? Like she's that's all she does. Quiet achiever. <laughs> gold everywhere. And her sister also performed really well. So yeah. her sister Naomi is now uh, looking like a hot contender for Paris. I mean, they're a ridiculously talented family because her mum was also. Or her dad. Maybe both. both, I think, because her mum's her coach. Ah, 
Her dad was in the commentary box when she won yes. a medal at Tokyo. Correct. And her mum was coaching her. Yes. So I mean, they're just – I mean, they're an overachieving family. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I admire them. I mean, sure, of course. I'm, I wish I could paddle so quickly. <laughs> and with so, Imagine paddling into rapids. That would be so fun. It would be really but fun. Not, not in a competitive way, just for like a Saturday afternoon. Through the gates that they have to go through would be really hard. That's very strategic. Mm. Couldn't do it. No, it's not for me. But she's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to watch them in Paris. Mm, that will be fun. So what are you talking about this week, Georgie? I am very interested and I've been talking about the efforts of the Australian government and the Australian Olympic Committee to bring to Australia the Afghanistan flag bearer from Tokyo. Oh, wow. Kimia Yusufic. So she has, after a year after Kabul fell, she has now been granted some sort of refugee status or asylum um, from the Australian government. It's amazing. With her mother and one of her brothers. She still has two brothers left in Afghanistan. And I think this story is really interesting because of what is happening in, in Afghanistan when it comes to women and sport. Mm. So under the Taliban... I think many people would know that women aren't allowed to go to girls are not allowed to go to school. Mm. Even though they indicated that they might be able to yeah, and think, then that's just I think gone out gone. the window. But one of the other things that um, happens under this very strict Sharia law is that women and girls are not allowed to play sport. Mm. And not only are they not allowed to play sport, they're not allowed to participate in uh, – they can't go to a gym. So mm. if you wanted to go and do a workout, you're not allowed to go. And so what that has meant is that the existing Olympic team within Afghanistan is now at very high risk if they try to continue to train. Did this happen just before Tokyo? Because I feel like I... Just after Tokyo. Oh, just after. So two weeks after Tokyo Mm. was when it all fell apart Mm. in Afghanistan. That's when the Americans withdrew. So this has been going on for quite some time and they've just managed to get Kimia out of Afghanistan because obviously she's a high risk person because of her political and sporting, I guess, achievements Mm. and also her desire to continue to train. Mm. And I think it's really highlighted there's a lot going on internationally at the moment with how the International Olympic Committee liaises with Afghanistan. So they are apparently talking with the Taliban about how Afghanistan could compete in Paris. Oh, wow. My understanding is that Afghanistan intends to compete in Paris. So the question being raised by refugees and asylum seekers in various countries around the world from Afghanistan is, well, what will that look like Mm. if women are not allowed to train for these Yeah, for the next two years. And the other question they're asking is, under many governments, you have said that you would not liaise with terrorists, but now you have turned around and you are talking with the Taliban or you are negotiating with the Taliban and how does that sit with how Mm. you've always supported us? It's really tricky because sometimes this is how you move a conversation forward. You have to have – you have to negotiate, I guess, with these people in order to Mm. help influence change and progress – You've got two approaches. You either isolate them mm. and they just drop off or you continue a conversation 
and you bring them along and you accept their terms. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's so fascinating. It, it's a really difficult conversation because I understand not wanting to speak to them, but I also understand that side where we need to progress that conversation so that women can get access to sport training facilities that they need as athletes. Yeah. Kimmy is planning to train in Australia. What, what does she do? She's um, a runner. Oh, cool. And she is going to train in Australia, but who she can, what flag she competes under? Well, that's interesting as well because, like, with the Russian teams, yes. they kind of have isolated them a lot, mm. not just because of the, the yeah. So it's a very different approach then. Yeah, because th- not just because of the war in Ukraine, obviously, but because of their doping history and just basically systemic systemic doping issues that they've had since Sochi in 2010, which is the Winter Olympics in 2010. Where they actually constructed buildings to accommodate their doping regime. Literally like the most unbelievably systemic doping that there has almost ever been since, you know, since the Chinese program and since the, since the Eastern Germans um, back in the 80s. Yeah, they've pretty much isolated them and anyone who – basically has tested negative for performance enhancing drug has to go and compete under a non-affiliated flag so yeah it's very different the way that they're obviously dealing with both of the different countries and the issues involved with both of them but yeah hopefully some progress is made for the afghani athletes regardless we are very excited to have kimia here training Yes, yeah. and I'm so glad that Australia has opened their doors to oh, her. Hundred percent, and may they welcome many more. Yes, athletes and non-athletes from Afghanistan. I think that's what I I love about sport. Right, is that you can start to have conversations around women joining the Tahitian Pro, the you know the, the swimmers having the opportunity to swim as para swimmers and able body swimmers all together in one event and, you know, really lifting the profile of the para-athletes. You know, we're able to talk about the politics behind sport and how the IOC might deal with different countries with different situations. Like that is, I don't know. I mean, look, I might be particularly biased, but that is the power of sport. Like it's this, it's a vehicle to be inclusive. It's a vehicle to inspire. It's a vehicle to advocate advocate raise awareness like it's the best of humanity and you know it's also creates heartbreak and creates um paul carlton (laughs) yeah i mean paul carlton i mean paul broncos this week too i mean the broncos are fine (laughs) showing my queensland trait broncos are absolutely Uh, fine but you know what i mean like it's it's oh it's oh i love it so much (laughs) <laughs> I just want to squeeze it and hug it and hug it if I could. Oh, um, bottle that. Yeah. We should bottle it. <laughs> I don't know how you have would do a that. dose of sport <laughs> in your day. We just gave you a dose of sport in your week. Take it. And if you liked it, share it. Yes. Good. Nice, Georgie. <laughs> What's this, our fourth episode in and you're on top of this? You can follow us at the Sports Social Podcast. Yes. Make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe. Share, oh, if, you, share if you like it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends. 
A big thanks to uh, Jason Strozky of Strozky Media for being a producer. He reckons he's going to cut it out, but I'm not going to let him. And also a big thank you to Kim Ashby, our amazing behind-the-scenes helper. She's a legend. She's a gem. Yeah. If you see any cool sports stories out there, please flick it to our inbox. We'd love to hear about it. Any interesting, quirky, different sports stories. We don't. It doesn't have to be mainstream sport no, at all. Grassroots level could be, you know, ultimate frisbee competitions that are happening that we might not be aware of. Paper aeroplanes also fine. Could be paper aeroplanes. That's cool. Snowboarding, surfing, I skateboarding. Might, I might draw the line at chess. Oh, we welcome everyone. It uh, is an inclusive <laughs> podcast. That's just me being judgmental. So judgy. <laughs> Dancing, also welcome. Oh, big time. Dancing at dancers are athletes. We could learn from the chess players. Oh, could we? Yes. Yes, they're very <laughs> intelligent people. They're far Look, superior. They are superior in to me in every way. And I. <laughs> Not just you, me. Both of us. <laughs> Both of us. Um, yes, but share it at the Sports Social Podcast Instagram. Yes, put it in our DMs and we'll Get talk about it. it. We'd love to talk about it. Yes, please. We can't be across everything. No. We should Cle- be. Clearly we're I mean, not across actually, everything. Actually, that might be our job, but. <laughs> clearly we're not, so help us. Help us. <laughs> but otherwise we'll Jace see you soon. like, oh, God. <laughs> help they, Jace. They need all the help. Help Jace. Help Jace help us. <laughs> all right, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>